This is an RFP Extra. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this RFP Extra, and uh, we're glad you're here. Guys, after that last episode, I feel like we just need a breather. We need Woo. something a little bit calm to just breathe with. Hey, the Lord, has, agree more. the Lord has blessed us. We are actually back in the J Radio studios. So happy. Do you hear these microphones? Man, I'm not sitting in my garage with a little $40 uh, Amazon dinky mic. And <laughs> this is amazing, man. I love it. J Radio. They are our sponsor here at the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast, and uh, we get to use their studio here, which is state-of-the-art, and uh, love J Radio. They have all kinds of genres. They got easy listening. They got music for summer. There's playlists there. They have Brian's favorite jazz music, and uh, man, you could turn that jazz music on and go to town. Brian, what's your favorite jazz album? I was walking along, minding my business, went out of the orange-colored view. Wow. Flash. Bam, Alakazam, I gotta look at you. You still got it, dude. Man. That is awesome. I have no <laughs> idea what that is, but good job. We need to release a CD with Brian singing. Just that that is, he sings on every episode, so just clips of every episode. Yes. Brian Edwards RFP. <laughs> that is that was actually Nat King Cole. I'm that, a that's huge, good stuff, man. I'm a huge jazz fan. Huge jazz fan. I like uh I don't know if it's necessarily jazz, but more like that easy listening type music. Like I just downloaded Sirius Radio on my truck, and like the watercolor station on there, it's just like elevator music. But yeah. I love it. It's just I'm driving down the road, and it's just calm. Hey, I've got a story for you guys. I was so excited about downloading the new Jimmy Buffett album. Hello. So on the 19th, I, I got online, and I was like waiting and looking <laughs> and digging, and on iTunes on Apple Music. Yeah, it said releases on the 29th. I apologize. I saw a nine and just forgot to put a two instead of a one on there. So fake advertising. But Jimmy Buffett comes out on the 29th. Yeah, you need to go get it. And Brian doesn't care because he's never listened to he's a never, song all the way through. I still don't understand Blows that. My mind. I was at the golf range today, hitting two buckets of balls, listening to Jimmy Buffett. You've had to listen to Margaritaville all the way through. No, Jimmy Buffett is the most untalented human to ever make a fortune what? off of off of pretending to sing. I mean, it's just. The only reason he recorded this song, Margaritaville, is because you'd have to be drunk to think he sings good. Man. But I do have I do have something to say about music, JC. Every episode, you pick at me. What about you on the last episode, turning Bob Marley into Southern Gospel? Every little thing is going to be all right. What in the world was he's, up with that? He's not lying. I did. I did. It's who I am. I can't oh, help man. it. I It's... It, Southern gospel is stuck in me. So when I open my mouth to sing, it comes out Gold City. I can't you're help a it. Good, you're a good, good singer. It's who you are. It's who you are. You're a jerk. It's who I am. <laughs> oh, oh man, goodness. Love. Hey, well, speaking of failing, you tried to tell a joke on the last episode, and that bombed really bad. So how about you get a second shot? I don't know. That? See, I remember it being one of his funniest jokes it ever. <laughs> that, that is true. High five right there on that one. That was his best joke. <laughs> You want to hey, redeem what, you, yourself? You, you, yeah, you weren't laughing with me. You were laughing at me. Yes. 100% well, laughing at you. that makes you feel better, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want both of you to know that just because I'm on medication doesn't mean my feelings can't be hurt. <laughs> um, but, no, the joke, the joke that I forgot was that it was a snow Sunday, and the pastor went to the church building anyway, and he was waiting for church to start. And right at the last minute, this, this farmer came walking in. 
And the pastor said, well, I, I don't know what to do. I've never been in a service where one person showed up, but I, I guess I ought to go ahead and preach. And so he got up and man, he, he got to preaching. And the more he preached, the better he liked it. And the better he liked it, the more he preached. And about an hour and a half later, he finally said, amen, went back to the front door to shake hands, just like he always did. And the guy was walking out of the building and he said, pastor, he said, uh, it's kind of like this. He said, I'm a pig farmer. He said, every day I feed my pigs. He said, I go out to the fence and I holler, Sui. He said, and those pigs come running. And he said, you know, it's kind of like this. He said, if one pig came up, I'd feed him, but I sure wouldn't give him the whole bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. That's a good I one. I like it. it. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. JC didn't crack that <laughs> smile. That's, that's what we've been waiting for right there. <laughs> oh, I like man. the other one better. <laughs> You, uh. <laughs> you, could, you could take the joy out of jingle bells <laughs> oh goodness well that last episode was definitely a treat i we knew that it was going to be a hit if you will just because we've seen how many people have retweeted the nathan rager clips pandemonium on, i mean there's so many of them but we i never thought that that many downloads would happen with one episode before we were we were sitting here texting if you could see our group text we're like we're gonna hit 20,000 downloads in 24 hours like it was midnight and we're sitting here going how many do we got to get I can't remember the exact 19, number 19,380 something or 480 something it was unreal but right now as of today it's well over 35,000 downloads on that one episode that one episode well yeah. you know I was saying you know we could tap into our former IFB past and it would have been twenty thousand, I mean, <laughs> evangelistically speaking. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're an independent Baptist, what are numbers? They're just they're relative. They are, and in fact, Justin Knight, who's incredible, has a counter on there of episodes download at therecoveringfundamentalist.org. Right now, we are sitting at three hundred nineteen thousand eight hundred twenty-one wow. downloads. That's unbelievable. Total ten episodes wow. and some extras. That blows my mind. I guarantee. In January, guys, when we started talking about doing this, I mean, never in my wildest dreams did we no, think no. that uh, we we were hoping for a thousand downloads. We we're like, maybe we could get a couple people. Three hundred thousand—that's like that number doesn't rack up in my brain. I can't I can't put that together. And it's just it's been incredible. But what I love about that is how many stories are coming in yes. as a result of the folks that are listening. Yeah. You can go to the recoveringfundamentalist.org and click on the story tab and just sit there. And I spent hours just reading these stories, the phone calls that we're getting, the Facebook messages, the the folks on Twitter that you're in conversations with. We have folks from all walks of life that are listening to this from all different countries. Brian said it earlier. We got folks in all the different time zones in other countries. I mean, my aunt and uncle in Uganda, they're pulling all the folks that live there in their village that are missionaries with them. They're listening to it. We got a guy that just commented in Australia that's listening to it. We know uh, Mike over in Spain. I mean, so this is not just here in the States. It's worldwide. And uh, I, I think next year at this time, I mean, we're going to be tapping on the door of a million downloads. And I'm excited to see where this goes beyond just a podcast and how God continues to use this to not just bring content, but to help people become a recovering fundamentalist. Yeah, and we would just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are what uh, makes this work. And the encouragement we've received in the last few days and uh, just... Just how excited everybody is about what God is doing through the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast it just makes us want to stay up at 930 and record two more episodes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and the other thing I can say is, you know, I think at some point we need to do an episode where we talk about the greater cause. 
and the fact that this really comes from a place of deep conviction in us. I know I was set free from fundamentalism and there was no one really there to catch me. There was no community. And I began to pray that God would give me an opportunity to set other people free from fundamentalism, from that prison. And I didn't know that it was going to be a podcast. And yeah. so this is actually an answer to prayer, man. It's, it's ministry for us. And I, I know we cut up a lot and, and by the way, I never want us to lose that, but at the same time, this is ministry. It is. And one of those things that we want to do as a result of ministry is we want to not just have you listen to us and send in stories, but we want to be here for you guys. I mean, all three of us are pastors. We're going to talk to a pastor here today on this extra, but we want to, we want to help. We want to encourage. We want to challenge. We want to do that with you. And coming up on Friday of this week, so Friday, we are going to be doing a live Zoom call. I know we're living in quarantine right now and everybody is on their Zoom calls and everybody's Zoomed out. But this Friday, the 29th of May at 8 o'clock, we are going to be doing 8 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be doing a live Zoom call where Brian, Nathan, and myself are going to be on that call. Justin Knight is going to jump on there. I talked to him today. So our behind-the-scenes guy is going to be on there. If you have questions about how to get a podcast started, what we're doing with this podcast, we we don't have a corner market on this. I mean, we're 10 episodes in, and we're just figuring this out as we go. But we got a great guy behind the scenes in Justin Knight that can give you some answers to questions with algorithms and with numbers and with uh, things that he's doing uh, with the uh, T-shirts that are coming out. And, uh, man, this, this is going to be an incredible time. Jump on, ask us questions, tell us stories. There's no real rhyme or reason for that night. We're just going to be there to talk to you. So that's this Friday night, the 29th of May at 8 p.m. To find the link for that Zoom call, you can go to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and the link will be there. Also on the description of this episode, wherever you're listening to this episode, you can see that link right there. Click on that Friday night, May the 29th at 8 p.m. Jump on and uh, enjoy a conversation with the host of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Kind of a virtual meetup. Definitely, which I think is coming in the future in person. Yeah, I think we need to do that live sooner than later. I'm looking forward to it. So tonight we're excited to have one of my good friends. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. A guy that has been a pastor, a youth pastor, a church planner in Crossville, Tennessee. It's Josh Cardwell. Josh, welcome to The Recovering Fundamentalist. We're glad you're here with us, man. Thanks for having me. I'm in Cross Vegas. That's what we call it. Cross Vegas. <laughs> big city. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Love, love what you guys do, though, man. I got caught up on all the episodes the other day, and uh, – Woo, rager is the right way to put it, baby. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've known Josh for a long time. I, I had hair when, when I met Josh. I was skinny, had hair, and it had me come up and preach for a youth rally at, at his church there in Cross Vegas. And uh, this guy has been through the ringer of legalism, not necessarily in the independent fundamental Baptist world, but in a city. And uh, we're going to have him share here in just a moment kind of his story of legalism from being a church planner and all that. I've, I've got a really cool story about how I came to know Josh. And I've never actually met Josh in person, but JC started doing this really cool thing on Mondays where he honored a friend in ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, first of all, JC, thanks for doing that. That's incredible. And he was honoring people that he knew that were in ministry that had been faithful and many of them behind the scenes, and nobody knows their name, but he started honoring them and for months did that, and you may still be doing it. I don't know. I need to pick it back up. Yeah, but <laughs> one of the days he honored Josh Cardwell, and just what he wrote about Josh, I got on Josh's 
uh, church website and found him on Facebook and sent him a friend invite. And, and I've been following this guy's ministry. And in research for this episode, I got online and listened to one of his recent sermons. Uh-oh. And I just wanted to kind of share a little bit about what I experienced. And you guys need to go listen to this, guys. Your sermons are all on Facebook. It's Rev Church in yeah, Crossville, Re- Tennessee. Revolution Church. Revolution yeah, Church Revolution. in Crossville, Tennessee. And yep. so here are some things I picked up about this guy and why you need to go listen to some of his sermons. First of all, he started with Scripture. That was awesome. He started in the Bible, read the Bible, and that was his anchor point. Secondly, it was all about Jesus. He, he gave a little review of what the, the sermon series he was in, the titles of the sermons, and it was just every one of them was all about Jesus and pointing at Jesus. The next thing was it was really creative, and the series that he's doing, and I believe you're in this now, is the Prison Diaries, and you're yep. dealing with Paul's epistles that were written from prison. So that was really cool. But beyond that, we got some Latin lessons. He was dealing with the three essential components of saving faith, the noticia, a census, and fiducia. Bless so, you. dude, he, he <laughs> went in deep, man. He was swimming in the deep in the pool, got into some Reformed theology. That was really cool, and I'm, I'm interested to kind of see um, how that plays out. And then he also, and this is, if, if Reformed theology is not your thing, then I'm going to get you right here, okay? <laughs> JC, you're going to want to go listen to his sermons after this. He actually sang an Aerosmith song. How cool was that? He sang Walk This Way. That was incredible. Then he did the moonwalk. Actually, on stage, did the moonwalk. I think he almost fell off the stage. What you don't know is he did the moonwalk. He's also the interpretive dance coordinator at Rev Church. (laughs) We call it it I Move. Yeah, and and to end it all out, if you haven't heard enough to make you want to go listen to some of his sermons, he also had multiple Harry Potter references. And if I'm not mistaken, you had a lamb or a goat. Live goat man, a goat. Hey, the last the last dance. So I had to reference. You know, they say Michael Jordan's the goat, but no, Jesus is the goat. Come That's on. awesome, man. Let's so take I, an offering right there. <laughs> yeah. So I think we need to up our games a little bit, guys. Brian, I don't know when the last time you had a goat. And JC, next episode, you got to hold a goat the whole time. I've never time, seen JC Moonwalk, so I'm looking forward to that. My dance well, is I, pretty bad. Go I ahead, Brian. To, <laughs> I have to tell my really touching Josh story. Um, <laughs> I met him about three minutes ago, and <laughs> and I, I found out that his dog rings a bell when it has to go outside and pee. What? And, and I just think that makes a real statement about Josh, because think about how much care and time you would have to spend with a dog <laughs> to, to teach it that. And so, Josh, my heart is already endeared to yours that's the greatest accomplishment I've ever made in my life. So. <laughs> you just made me spit my coffee. Yeah. Hey, Josh, so we ask everybody that comes on the show just to tell us a little backstory of who you are, just to give us an idea of who, who you are. And so just take us back to the beginning, how you met Jesus, your call into ministry, yeah, you know, how you got to cross Vegas, how God's been doing that, and then we'll get into the, the other parts of the story. Yeah, man. So I, I grew up uh, not in church. Actually, I was in church till I was in like the second grade and my parents got us. They split up. And uh, when they split up, uh, totally got out of church, barely remember anything about it. The only thing I did remember is we were shunned after that. Mm. And so uh, didn't get back into church. till I was 18 years old, uh, went through my teenage years, wild, uh, doing, you know, crazy stuff. And I met a girl at Papa John's in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, I thought she was hot. And I said, man, uh, how can I spend more time with this girl? Well, she loved Jesus. And she was like, 
only only way you're going to spend time with me is if we go to church. And I was like, let's go to church, baby. Let's uh, hold hands and pray and sing Kumbaya or whatever. <laughs> and uh, we can hug it out and <laughs> it'd be great. And I uh, went to uh, church and heard the gospel when I was 18 years old, uh, put my trust in Jesus at 18 years old and was saved then. Uh, I was actually in my mom's. I didn't do it in a church. I actually did it in my mom's living room. Uh, somebody had gotten me a King James Bible. Hey man, had hey gold, man. Leaf, hey man. gold leaf name on it. <laughs> gold leaf name. Josh Cardwell, bottom right corner. Yes, in and, Times uh, font. Started reading Romans and uh, gave my life to the Lord. And uh, Park West Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, is where I was attending. But I didn't get saved there. I heard the gospel there and then got saved in my mom's living room. And then, uh, you know, we got married when I was twenty and. Uh, uh, worked at UPS for eight years and then surrendered to the call when I was 27, 28 years old and uh, was a youth pastor for several years. Um, I got to Crossville originally because right when my wife and I got married, uh, we opened up a general nutrition center in Crossville and uh, my dad and I did and I ran it for a couple of years. Well, then uh, we moved to Knoxville, my wife and I, my dad still had the store, but we moved to Knoxville. And so that was my ties to Crossville. I was from Knoxville, but my ties to Crossville were a result of opening up a general nutrition center. And uh, then when I started looking for a job as a youth pastor, I didn't know anything about the church world. <laughs> I didn't know anything about denominations. I just knew I loved Jesus. I knew God was calling me to uh, do something. And so I applied for unpaid internships. I applied for probably pastor positions of 10,000 member churches. <laughs> I applied for anything and I didn't know nothing. Okay. Uh, didn't even have a degree in anything. And, uh, uh, through some connections through Crossville, uh, little Baptist church, little Southern Baptist church up here, Pine Eden Baptist church, great church hired me as their youth pastor. They loved me, uh, put up with me. I was there for two years, went over to Charlotte for about three years, was at a pretty large church over there. And then felt like God was calling me to plant a church. And so I moved back to Crossville. And honestly, I moved back to Crossville, not because it was my first choice. Uh, if you know anything about church planning, you know that we try to find the biggest cities with the best demographics and the most uh, money, right? And uh, Crossville, though, was where we came back to because it was when the housing market tanked and we never did sell our house. Mm. So we came back to Crossville. Uh Essentially, God put a core group together. We started the church, and here we are. So seven years later, eight years later. So that, and that's awesome. That and kind of answer your question. <laughs> yeah, and you and your wife just celebrated twenty years. Twenty years married. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, Happy you. anniversary. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's been twenty great years, man. Twenty great years. And how old are your kids? I have got a twelve-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. Nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. So, Josh, I know that after you left as the youth pastor at the church there in Crossville and felt that call to start the church, you went down to the movie theater. You know, there's some some major legalism that you caught within folks that weren't part of your church but other churches around and not wanting you to plant a church there and saying you'd never make it. Now you've got one of the largest churches in Crossville, you know, meeting there and continuing to grow. Kind of take us to what you have experienced as far as legalism within the context of being a church planner there in Crossville. Oh, wow. How long is your show? Um, <laughs> Not um, as long as the last one, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep it a little shorter than that. 
Uh, yeah, man, I, I can, I can tell you that, uh, you know, we, we, I know a lot of what you guys have been focused on is like the independent, uh, you know, movement right. and things, uh, up here in Crossville, that's not as big. Uh, we have, uh, some other denominations that have a much heavier influence. Um, but legalism is the same across the board. Uh, what we ran into was really, man, I could tell you specific stories of things that have happened to us. Uh, but I think that it's all rooted in jealousy and competition. Um, everything mm -hmm. we experienced was essentially, it wasn't even so much like the church people as much as it was church leaders that yeah. really were, were hammering down against us. I can remember, I mean, we were new and I was dumb. I would never do this now, but you know, it's a small town. And, and so you, uh, you have people tell you everything, anything that happens in the town, you hear about it. And so somebody told me, yeah, guy, one of the biggest churches across town. Uh, he, he said, he was talking about you this Sunday. He was talking about you. So stupidly I got online and listened to the sermon and I still, <laughs> I can still remember he didn't mention me by name, but there's one movie theater in Crossville, Tennessee. <laughs> and at this time, I was the only one that was brave enough to wear skinny jeans, right? And so um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Bad. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll never forget the guy said, you need to watch out for these skinny jean wearing pastors that preach in movie theaters that, and I'll never forget that called out that are lining their pockets with money and they're Come on now. with numbers. Oh. And so, uh, you know, it was just, uh, things like that, that we ran into, you know, we were really, uh, kind of like the joke church. You know, one of the things we did when we started was we kind of did guerrilla marketing. And so we were, we gave out tons of t-shirts when we started, uh, tons of t-shirts. And, uh, so we were called the t-shirt church. You know, you, you guys do all, the only reason they're getting people is because, they're giving them a t-shirt and uh, you guys just heard my testimony. I mean, I went to church cause I thought, you know, a girl was hot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, God's bigger than your reason. That's what we've always said. And uh, so, yeah, we, we just saw all kinds of little nitpicky things like that. But I think as you guys know, at the root of it was really just like a jealousy and yeah. a competition top spirit of, you know, how, how dare, I think the other thing was I wasn't from Crossville. I was from Knoxville. And, you know, in a small town, you face the outsider versus insider mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that in churches too, right? I mean, yeah. all through church, that's why we got denominations and everything else. I mean, a lot of that's rooted in, you know, outsider, insider cliques and stuff. And so not being from Crossville and coming and God just moving. And it's been all God. I mean, every bit of it's been just Jesus having his hand on our church. Uh, you know, I think, I think that was a tough pill to swallow for some people, you yeah. know, and uh, we blew it up, man. We did things totally different for this town. And uh, if you're going to plant a church, you can expect if you're going to do things different, uh, you're going to, you're going to get a lot of hate and a lot of people that are going to judge everything you do. Josh, you just brought something up that I think it would be good to hear you dive into, and that is pastoral jealousy. Yeah. I think all of us have experienced that. Um, I think I'm sure Nathan has there in Trenton, and then JC, I'm sure you have um, there in Georgia as well. And I know I have. You know, I had pastors preach sermons about me, even call me by name. Uh, we had a pastor preach an entire message on why people shouldn't attend Hope Church. And he listed all of these reasons why he thought we were basically godless. 
And I think by the end of the sermon, I was somewhere between Judas and the Antichrist. <laughs> and and so I've experienced that. Can can you just expound on how it felt being the victim of legalism generated by jealousy? Yeah. Uh, boy, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> how did it feel? Um, I wanted to go Old Testament and pull a Samson. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was like, you know, I, sometimes I think it may be better just to get a UFC ring and let pastors work things out. Maybe oh, we yeah. jealousy. You know what I mean? Like we could work it out. Let's and, go. And, yeah, but don't you think your skinny jeans would have made you less intimidating? I'm just throwing. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> skinny jeans don't work. Oh. There's a reason why when we shoot my sermons, it's from the waist up only, right? And so, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a heavy thing. And man, I tell you, I just think that legalism. I'm not from this world like you guys are, where you've got this background where you know it so well. I listen to y'all's podcast, and it just blows me away because I grew up not in church at all, and. Uh, I just see it as rooted in just really uh, control and power and jealousy and pride. Those were the mm. things I break it down to is legalism. Um, and, you know, when a, when a guy comes in, whether he's from the town or not from the town, uh, and people start getting saved and God starts moving, you know, you guys have always heard that Christians are the best at shooting uh, their fellow soldiers in the back as they're running out onto the battlefield. That's what mm, we're best yeah. at, right? And we always assume the worst. And so what it felt like for me was really just, uh, I guess, betrayal is the best way to put it. Um, it's just like, man, you you feel like you're doing the best you can for Jesus. You're, you're trying your hardest just to win people to Jesus. And I guess what here here's what I would say and probably what my staff would tell you too. I thought planning a church the hardest things we would face would come from the world. I mm. thought the world would hate us. Mm. I thought lost people would despise us and that the church would be all for us. What I found was the exact opposite. Wow. Wow. And I think that's where legalism came in. And anybody that's planted a church would say that. What I found was lost people love Revolution Church. Yeah. People that... <laughs> People that are drunks love us. You know, the, 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 we have no problems. You know, we're in a mall now. We started in a theater. They love us there. Uh, but the people that always criticize, the people that always, you know, stroke their beard and go, oh, you go to that church, mm. you know, that church, that one, I got gotcha, you, mm. you know, uh, has been the religious people. There's uh, another and, preacher I remember hearing about that the lost people loved him and came to his ministry. And the religious people kind of shot away from him. his name was Jesus. You guys may have heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Exactly. Hey, did any did any pastors in the town reach out to you and extend grace to you or offer to help you? No, I'll tell you what happened with us. This is what's kind of weird. <laughs> um, not for five years, okay. Um, and then five years in, something really weird started happening where uh, all of a sudden there were some people that started doing what we were doing <laughs> and, uh, and started reaching out. And so uh, it was kind of a weird dynamic was, I don't know if that makes sense, but for us, that's what happened. But for the first, you know, four or five years, there was nothing. And again, unwisely, I don't know if I would do this again if I planted a church again, but like uh, the, the, the pastor I told you about that said that about me in a sermon, I called him and we went and had lunch and I just confronted him. And so I talked to about 
two or three guys and sat down with them and said, what's up, man? You know, what's going on? But, uh, but yeah, I ne never did have anybody uh, try to correct me one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, never did have anybody, not that I can remember that, uh, reached out to support me or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah. Josh, why is your heart there in Crossville? Cause I mean, I know we've had this conversation a lot. There's a lot of places you could go. There's a lot of opportunities that you could extend out to other places, bigger churches, if you will. What is it mm -hmm. about Crossville that, that has got your heart so attached to that place and those people? Mm, that's a great question. How, how do you guys explain your calling? You know what I mean? And where you're at in a way, I still ask myself that question. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I was born and raised in Knoxville. And, and if you're going to plant a church, you just better get used to or be a pastor of a church, right? You guys all know this. Uh, you better get used to having those Mondays where you wake up and go, why am I even doing this? Yeah. But, uh, man, we just love this city. We love the people. Uh, when we started the General Nutrition Center, I loved the city and loved the people. Um, I got relationships here with people. There's lost people that I've been witnessing to since we started the General Nutrition Center, and uh, they haven't got saved yet. And uh, maybe I'll be released when they get saved. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I think I think I'm gonna be doing my own funeral here just because I love the people and the relationships. And and other than that, I can't really explain it other than God's called me here. So. I can say this firsthand because I went and preached for Josh a few months back when he was on sabbatical, a little break, and went down there. And without him there, I can, you know, I think something that that's unique for us three is, you know, the pastor was that authoritative figure that it was kind of put on a pedestal as a god type in a way, and that was more, mostly done by them. But Josh, his people really love him. You've seen that picture where the leader is doing the whip and people are moving in front of him, but then a true leader is one that's with them and pulling along with them and helping out. And Josh is that type of leader. His people really do love him. And I'm telling you, it is a all walks of life type uh, church. And there's a ministry there that is absolutely amazing to to not just be a church for church people. We, you know, completely opposite, bipolar opposite of our last episode, where if you were a certain way, you wouldn't be allowed into the church. Josh's church is all walks of life. And, you know, you're almost uncomfortable if you don't have some kind of baggage in there. And I know, Josh, you talk about that a lot because I've listened to a lot of your messages. And, you know, I love popping on the live feeds when you're there just because I love your people so much because they get the mission. You've communicated that so well to where they understand, hey, we're not just here to be the church that takes over Crossville and have that language, but we're here to take Jesus to Crossville. And uh, man, you got an incredible ministry there. God's using you in ways that I don't think you even see, but those of us that are outside of the bubble of Crossville see how God is using you in Crossville. And uh, man, stay at it for sure. One thing I would say, Josh, you know, you don't have to be in a big place to do big things. You know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem and lived in Nazareth. And people ask the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm. And mm. yet from that place, Jesus impacted the world. I'm in a small Virginia town, and I had an older pastor come up to me a little while back. And he said, you've changed church culture in this city. One of the coolest stories ever, J.C. Nathan, I've never even told you guys this. We had a pastor here who was in his upper 80s. And he came to me and he said, I just want you to know you've really been a blessing to me. He said, last week, my daughter took me out to the store and I bought me a pair of jean pants. 
And, (laughs) you know, you're changing a culture, not only a community culture, but a church culture. Yeah. And so I would just suggest it doesn't matter how small Crossville is. It doesn't matter the economic, educational, um, I guess, status of that location. God's using you in powerful ways. That's evidence of the fact that you're called there. Yeah, it's a great calling, and I appreciate those comments. But it's it has all been Jesus, so maybe that's the thing that upsets people. I don't know. It's weird. So, <laughs> One of the things I love about your stage is the entire length of your stage is this huge. I think it's four or five foot tall. This huge sign with lights on it that says Jesus. Yeah. So the very first thing you see when you tune in or you walk in the doors is Jesus, and that's an amazing way to remind us that that He's the focus. It's all about Him. And when it is all about Jesus legalism really has no place because if it's him that's being exalted, man's ideology and way of doing things just takes a back seat. And uh, we love watching you work, man. God is using you in great ways. And uh, keep at it for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it big time. And uh, pray for us because we got a lot of work left to do. That's for sure. Can I I pray for you right now? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me do that. Father, I love you. God, thank you for Josh. Thank you for Rev Church in Crossville, Tennessee, and just seeing the lives that are being changed as a result of what you are doing in that ministry uh, just over these last few years, just seeing how they've gone from a movie theater to the mall and how you're expanding that mall and and the online presence. And God, just um, we pray for uh, just a, a continued uh, power when Josh brings the word uh, that you anoint him, that you continue to use him to portray truth uh, to a community that is full of a lot of legalism and a lot of hurt and a lot of folks that are doing it uh, certain ways. And God, just help bring life and hope to a lot of folks that are in need of that. God, we pray that the best days are yet to come for Josh, for Rev Church, and that you will continue to raise him up uh, to reach that city for you. Bring revival to Crossville, and I pray it starts at Revolution Church right there in Crossville, Tennessee. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Josh, thanks for being on here with us tonight, man. We love your story, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back on for sure soon. Thanks for having me, man. Love you guys. That's awesome. Hey, Josh, what's your favorite genre of music? Man, I've been listening to Kanye a lot lately. Come on. So uh, (laughs) is it hip-hop? I don't know. (laughs) It's just Kanye. I don't ever listen to music, man. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Is it it B.C. or A.D.? B.C. or A.D. Oh, yeah. Uh, Definitely B.C. Yeah, his new album. That's the only one I listen okay, to. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. You almost have to define that because you can tell people, yeah, yeah. hey, I listen to Kanye, or tell your kids, hey, I'm listening to Kanye. They get, on, they get on Apple Music yeah. and type in Kanye. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know it's what they're going to learn. And it's always fun when you put it on Shuffle on Spotify and you've got Jesus is King on one and then Gold Digger. <laughs> Gold Digger on the other one. That's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Oh, that's I great. Dubstep. I listen to dubstep when I work out. Is that weird? No. Cinema. I love it. Cinema. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Cinema. Yeah, there yeah there's no cuss yeah. words and stuff, so it's like, okay, I can listen to this, and it gets me a little high. Oh, so, so you're yeah. into, like, dubstep. I that's guess. Good stuff. That's Brian Edwards' favorite, dubstep, <laughs> jradio.com. They have a genre. They got dubstep. They got jazz. They got easy listening. It's jradio.com. You can download it today on your iTunes or Google Play Music. Go to jradio.com. Thanks for supporting the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And, hey, guys, we have an exciting episode 
coming up that we need to tell you about? Yeah, we're actually going to follow up on the Raging Rager interview. Hey, man! We couldn't rebut him in real time, or it would have been like a 14-hour episode. The rebut might be a 14-hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) We honestly wanted him to talk as much as possible to lay out the IFB position and where he was coming from because that did a better job of rebutting him than anything we could say or do. Yeah, there's a lot of people that were like, why did you let him talk so long and keep going on and on and on? And honestly, we couldn't get him to stop in certain (laughs) ways because we would ask a question and it was a 10, 15-minute answer and we're like, okay, here's the question that was asked. And so we're going to come back with some of the things that we would have said on – that interview with Nathan Rager. I think that's important. You know, my daughters actually love the podcast, which is cool. And they were listening to it. And after hearing that episode, they came to me and, you know, one is 17 and one is almost 20. And they came to me and they said, daddy, we really think it would be good if you followed up on some of that, because you know, a lot of people might believe what he said, because he seems so confident in yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. And so I think this rebuttal episode is going to be really, really important. Well, that is coming next Wednesday right here at the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Hey, we want you to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, Go wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review and uh, share it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. You can go to therecoveringfundamentalist.org. Buy your t-shirt. $15 right there. Leave us a story and uh, let us know how we can be praying for you. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Be sweet. Peace. This has been an RFP Extra. Check back next week for a full Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Join us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Visit our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. T-shirts available now.